Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am indeed. I'm on Twitter at... I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. We really appreciate it as we move into the season. Feel free to keep sharing with your friends, family, and coworkers. Let's get the numbers up as we get deeper into the fall. Um, speaking of Big Ten things, even though we're into the season, more shenanigans. Can't get away from it. No, we expected it this year. And we're already getting it in week two. Some shenanigans. The Nebraska and Wisconsin game has been canceled. Um, the COVID problems are all on the Wisconsin side. Now, I, I dug a little deeper into exactly what it takes to cancel one of these games. Okay. So, first of all, all 14 Big Ten teams do have a chief infection officer, which is kind of funny to say. Yeah. I mean, CIF. you're thinking like CIO. chief inspection. No, chief infection officer. Right. The CIO is appointed to each team. So they use two metrics to decide if it's safe to continue practicing or playing. And these are team positivity rate and population positivity rate. Now, Sports Illustrated has been doing a really good job of covering this. In fact, it's the only place I can get information because none of this is on the Big Ten website. Suspect right there. Right. Um. So here's how they define the team. Players, coaches, staff members. That's the team. Okay. So the population is a little more of a gray area here. Population, let's see. um, The population of team players and personnel who are deemed at risk because they're affiliated with the programs. That's what the population is. Hard for that to be more vague. I don't, I mean, it sounds like the same thing. To me, yeah. how many more people do you have outside of players, coaches, staff? Well, I mean, staff itself is also, I would GAs, say, vague. Right? Uh, gra- coaches, grad- I, my Analysts. guess is, um, you know, not to sound holier than that, but a, a common fan would be shocked to see how many human beings are out at any given practice okay, or just around the football clock complex at any given time so obviously everybody on the team that's not just 85 scholarship players you got it i mean it's we're we're talking 120 130 you know players with walk-ons the coaches that's not just o coordinator d coordinator and position coach there's there's typically a ga grad assistant for every single coach sure somebody to go hey where's my clipboard where's my where's the football where's that cone there's a guy for each one yep um, then trainers. Okay. You've got right. a head trainer and a secondary trainer, but we got tons of people that just, you know, tape ankles and run water out to people sure. and get experience. Um, you know, like there's, there's a lot of people that I'd always assumed anybody that could be in the comp video people, video That's a good people, point. Sure. uh, uh, PR people are in there. You know, secretaries if, and office people that well, that are running the business that right. is, you know, Northwestern football, whatever. So that's my question, though. Like, okay, secretaries, like that, athletic director, SID. Do you think those guys are involved in the population? They very rate? easily could be. I mean, I think the athletic director's office, even assistant athletic director, they're going to be separated from the football office. I don't think you want to show that much favoritism to one sports. Sure. But like there's a specific SID for football. Yes, that person would be there, too. It, it, it's, so a, it's a gaggle of humans. It's, so we're probably talking for the team about what, maybe 150 
people and maybe... I mean, everybody that I just named would be probably pushing 200 people. That's what I was going to say, about 200 maybe for the population. So, again, like we've been joking and saying, you know, ironically, that um, Nebraska having so many walk-ons, they have more walk-ons than than almost every team in the Big Ten. I think every team in the Big Ten, that having that higher uh, population would actually help them because one... COVID positive test, you know, isn't as high of a, of, of a population yeah, issue. Yeah, right. But again, I, I mean, I think we're going to get down just into how gray the gray area is, no matter what you think you know okay. about this. Well, so now we've somewhat defined team and population, we think. Each one of those those two groups of people gets a rating, green, orange, red. We don't necessarily need to go into the percentages, but it's based on percentage of, of positive tests versus the overall number of people so green orange red for both team and for population if you get a combination of red red it's a no-go it's that's pretty clear red red teams must stop regular practice and competition for a minimum of seven days and reassess uh its metrics until they are improved whatever that means so what if you get an orange orange or an orange red combo then the team must proceed with caution and enhance its COVID-19 prevention plan so right now Wisconsin has According to them, an orange red situation. Correct. Which doesn't mean they have to cancel. And I don't know how else to look at this other than that. And um you know, the I guess like it's easy to say the color schemes, right? Orange orange means we're okay. Red orange means we're better than okay. Green green means we're like that is easy. It's also somewhat easy to understand that the CIO is the person administering the test and, yep. and reporting, but exactly what leads into those colors, confusing, and who makes the call of when you're there and it's time to postpone. I mean, I think that's the big question is who makes that call? Who who who, who said, well, we're orange-red, so it's not safe to play? It sure seems to me that it was Barry. It was Barry I mean, Alvarez. It, okay, that's what it sounds like when you're when you're reading the media, right? Which we, we know is probably not always. You can't always trust everything you see or feel, right? But it, the feel I'm getting is that it was Barry Alvarez, right? So I don't know. Like it, it's it's almost like it would be nice to have someone in a leadership position for the Big Ten and that had some sort of platform, like a media <laughs> platform. To explain this to us, you know, but if only if only we had such a leader, <laughs> if or, if only we did. And if only we had such a platform. Imagine that like like a, like a whole network just just for this conference, just dedicated to the Big Ten to communicate to the fans and some on happenings, some, you know, figure. That's a some, great. Idea. That's a great idea. Some leader that makes these kind of like decisions. an elective leader. Yeah. That, that's elected into this position. Yeah. Appointed to. To you know, govern the entire. Conference. I think we're onto something here. We should. should I don't fig- know. Yeah, maybe we should look into that. So certainly. I, I mean, what are I, I as we sit here late in the day on Thursday? Um, I still have very little confidence that Kevin Warren's going to release something. That the Big Ten Conference is going to come out and no. say because it shouldn't be up to each school. To just decide when they want to play or not, and we don't know. I, if and it I was. can understand if that school pleads their case to the Big Ten Conference mm-hmm. and says, "This is what we're up against." Make the call. Right. But it should not be up to one dude inside the athletic department 
for when that call gets made. It should be to the quote unquote leaders that we just discussed. I mean, there's no doubt. Kevin Warren should be on the Big Ten Network saying, I made this decision for Wisconsin not to play this game. And if he's not saying that, we are just left to believe that it was Barry Alvarez that made that decision, which is not right. At this present time, if we if we are proven wrong, then we are proven wrong. Right now, at the present time, correct. I have no I have no other way or explanation to get to. See, but we wouldn't be wrong because we haven't heard any information. How can we we're just so then, so what, what, you know, now, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to speak to the fans of the big 10. It's mostly going to be two fan bases, right? Uh, Wisconsin and Nebraska speaking to the fans, you have every right to feel how you feel. You're a fan. It's short for fanatic. Definitely doesn't come into, into question with Nebraska fans. Okay. Um, and, and if we're going to give our opinion on this and there is no way for us to give a strong opinion without pissing somebody off in the room. Okay. That's, that's how this is, but I don't want to be a wallflower that just sits by and doesn't say anything. So, you know, there's we're, opinions will be shared here. Okay. Yeah. My guess is if you switched out Wisconsin's fan base for any fan base or Nebraska's fan base for any fan base, okay. those fan bases are going to feel pretty similar to what Wisconsin and Nebraska fans feel right now. I would think so. As a Wisconsin fan, ain't your fault. It's not most of the football team's fault. I don't think it's Paul Christ's fault. Like, it's just no. this is the situation that they were shoved in and where they're at. Now, making the call on it, now you could, you know, err a little bit towards Chris and Alvarez. Okay, like, again, we're putting that out there. On the flip side, you know, as an Iowa fan, if Iowa didn't get to play their football contest this upcoming weekend because of the other team, of course there would be frustration that I would have towards that other team or the Big Ten Conference. Yeah. Fair enough? That's fair. Okay. Now, one thing that I don't believe that I would be doing as an Iowa fan is thinking that there is a conspiracy by the Big Ten Conference to stop – my team from getting to play that game. I know no. it's been crazy. Nebraska fans, I'm with you. I get it like there's been, but it, I, I, well, but hold you got to take the tinfoil hat off that, that they, that they specifically think the big 10 is out no, to get the, specifically. No, them. the big 10 is not out to get Nebraska here. I, I agree with you there, but is it possible that Wisconsin's just dodging this game because they're so far down their quarterback depth chart? They're just saying, we don't think we can win this. So we're going to we're just going to take the preemptive step and say, you know what? We, this is out of control. We're trying to get it under control and nobody's going to fault them for trying to get COVID under control, right? Everyone's going to be on their side for that. Yes. So they're just I it could be they could be dodging this game. I am very much willing to believe that that Wisconsin is trying to dodge a game, meaning I don't think they're specifically trying to dodge Nebraska. Correct. Okay. No, I'm not saying that. I do think they would try to dodge whomever was on their schedule this Halloween Saturday because of the aforementioned quarterback situation okay. that, and just overall situation. Yes, I very much am, am apt to believe that. And so if that's the case, then again, Kevin Warren has to step in and say, uh, no, I'm sorry, that's not how this works. Thank you. And this is what we're looking at. It should be a forfeit or... Play the game. Play the game. and Well, it, it's it's either a forfeit or this falls under 
our our jurisdiction of what we set out, so y- the game is canceled. It's either canceled or forfeited. Well, okay, that's that's the clear and what, message. And right now, it's canceled, and it's going to be declared a no contest. We've we know that for sure. Well, okay. Do we know that for sure? I think yes. I'm I'm pretty sure we do know. So, that. So, but there has been no. No, okay. We don't know that officially. From... We know the game's not going to get played. But I, th- I, I don't I, think I... we can say 100 percent for sure that it's been deemed a a okay. forfeit or a canceled game. I'll agree with you only because I haven't heard Kevin Warren say it. But it's it was reported by several outlets that this is a no contest. Okay, but again. Still haven't seen a tweet from the Big Ten Conference, a release from the Big Ten Conference, or Kevin Warren on, let's say, the Big Ten Network explaining the thought process behind this. Have not. We have not. Could we have talked through that anymore? Is there any other parts to bring up with this? I'm sad for both Wisconsin and Nebraska fans that they are robbed of a football contest. There is a different podcaster that I occasionally listen to, um, not... Not saying I like the guy a, a ton. I'm not going to say his name, but like he's he's informed. I will say that much. He estimated that 10% of the Big Ten football contests would not be played this fall. Yeah. I didn't bat an eye at that when uh-huh. I heard that. You're not batting an eye now. Hearing it in mid- September and actually going through it now in late October, two different type of feels to it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Now it's really hitting home. And not to mention... The you know the the sitting out for twenty one days. So who knows when Wisconsin's gonna play again? And there's could be a, a a little bit of a wiggle room here because if we think this is basically based on the fact that two of Wisconsin's quarterbacks tested positive for COVID and a third is injured. Okay. Yep. We thought we were gonna get the Danny Vandenboom show, but it's not gonna happen now. Um, the twenty one day thing is actually. You're 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 basically in quarantine for it's either ten or fourteen. Fourteen days. is the quarantine. Now the last seven days is that you can get back with the team, right? But they wanted to make sure they gave a buffer that like sure. you didn't come back and get forced right into action. So they tacked on another seven days to get the athlete back into game shape so that they can they can uh, play the game healthy you know, a week later. So I think it's possible that he would miss the Purdue game, but he could be back by the Michigan game because it's technically three sure. week, over three weeks. Yep. Out. That's that's a little thing. And as we know, the coaches are only required to sit out 10 days. So Because they're not playing a contest Correct. at any point. Yeah. 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 Okay. All righty. Well, is. yeah, that's, that's that. Okay. So we have our official first cancellation. Sorry. Sucks. It sure does, man. I just... You know, so I don't know how they're going to do this at the end of the year with everyone playing a different amount of games. And I saw some post, yep. uh, and it, of course, it wasn't from the Big Ten. It was from ESPN. It was ESPN. from a Gopher fan that looked it up. and But it was on ESPN. No, I know. I you, wish I could give the Gopher fan credit. So but I, my head started spinning after the yeah, about third, three lines. fourth lines. And I I've, I actually uh, tweeted at a different podcast asking this question several weeks ago. I think we mentioned it on this here podcast. What happens when it comes down to a a 5 and 0 team and a 6 and 1 team right. for the division record and they never played because the game was canceled that could literally be what happens here with sure. Nebraska and Wisconsin who gets to go there's going to be screaming if something like that oh, goes boy. down and it sure seems like you know 
if it if a bad thing can happen, it will. So I just feel like we're a lock that that that's how it's going to go down in either the east or the west. With one of the one of the you know divisions, when it comes down to the end, there's going to be there's going to be issues. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, can, wish I could bet on that. I mean, what's the over under for that? What if if Nebraska is one of those teams? By oh the way, God. oh my god, and they don't get they don't get in. the the berth. Oh okay. boy. I don't mean to laugh, but hell hath no fury like a Nebraska fan scoring. I and then I guess one more thing to throw out. I mean, just just today, you know, like within out hours of the post being out, Nebraska tried to get a game with UT uh, Chattanooga. Yeah, the Mox, the Moccasins. Then it was then it was shut down immediately it, it, right that, after that. That lasted like two hours, I think. I'm not even sure it was that like, long. Like, is Bill Moose just having a little fun now at this I, he point? He probably is. Isn't he? He's just he's, he's, just a, he's a notorious the... drinker. Maybe he, he just he just he, started drinking early today, and he just was like, eh, you know what? Maybe we'll play UTT. Let's let's start poking the bear a little bit. Poke the bear. Poke poke the bear. All right, should we move on to some games? Yeah, let's. There are on. games being played. Okay, so we have got six games. Nobody's idle, of course. We've got one game on Friday and five on Saturday. The one thing that I tried to spin into my brain, I made a mental note, well, it was over a year ago now. You got to watch the week one overreactions. Yeah. Your, that team so you mean, isn't as bad right. as they looked in week one, and that team is not isn't as good, as good sure. right? That's a thing. Absolutely. Not just in the Big Ten. No, no doubt. Okay. So I tried to kind of take that into consider, consideration, but it gets tricky. Some of these spots. Oh, right? you know? yeah. I mean, especially when you got a good versus a good and a bad versus a bad week. I got to say performing team. This, this slate of games we have here, I, they're, they're all tough games they're very to call. Tough. I mean, not everyone is tough necessarily for winners or losers, no, I don't mean but it against that way. the spread, it's yeah, I, almost impossible. Yeah. It's most tough of this these, week. Most of these. Okay. First game up on Friday, October 30th, 0-1 Minnesota at 0-1 Maryland. This is a 6.30 p.m. game on ESPN. The line is Gophers by 20, over under 61. So my biggest question here is just who's playing and who's not playing for Minnesota. And we're not going to know that until game time. We had Oliver, Dunlap, Falele, the punter, the kicker were all out, all out last game. And to me, the punter and kicker, that's the biggest X factor Huge. here Huge. because we saw how how they got destroyed with horrible field position over and over. I mean, meaning the Gophers over and over again against Michigan and the, how much that impacts the game. The old Iowa joke is punting is winning. And I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> Bad punting miss, is losing. You miss your punter or you see something like that for one game. You suddenly have an appreciation for punting and, and I would say just special teams in general. That's why I think the spread, this is one that kind of seems to me like it's too big. Okay. The 20 points because they're, they're so hamstrung without the, without field position and, yeah. and, and kickoff too. Let's not, I forget kickoff. Those kickoffs it, it is were atrocious. A, it is a system wide meltdown on special teams. Now they have an embattled special teams coordinator, Hard to put everything on him last week. I mean, you, well, but that's you, you can't change, you know, chicken shit into uh, chicken salad. Here, I mean, it so. was basically every single possession for Michigan was bad field position for Minnesota. Correct. Every so, time. One would think that would at least be a little bit improved here. Um, you know, looking at this game, I mean, <laughs> this has to be a win for Minnesota. If Minnesota should lose this game, 
we – It'd be bad, but again – This is college football, right? Do I think Minnesota's going to lose? No. It's college football, though. Anything can happen. All I'm saying here is if Minnesota loses this game, this could be a full 2020 meltdown in Dinkytown. Yeah, I mean, it could be. And they're also calling for rain for this game. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I, I, it looks like – I mean, I looked right before we were here. It looks like it's pushing through here. I mean, we're okay. 24 hours out from the game, so I think we're going to be okay for, for weather. You know, what do I have faith with in these two teams? Okay, I have faith in Minnesota's offense. After that, I have faith in – Name something. You tell me. I mean, i i i i still think i i still think the starting defense for the the Gophers is is fine. It's not great. I'm worried about their depth, but I think the starters are okay. I I would be a step below fine. You think a step below fine? I think the D backs looked as lost well, as they did. They That's can, true. That is tough to get fixed in a week. It's going to get better, but tough to get fixed. Now you got a different offense, so. So what they kind of looked at last week, because most of my concerns with the with the um, uh, Minnesota defense is the back seven. I, I do contend that the D-line is still pretty good. And I think okay? they can get after Tagovailoa. We'll see. And I think something helping them getting after uh, Tulia Tagovailoa is who's protecting him because they looked as turnstiley on Saturday as they've looked in the past year or so yep so they look terrible on the offensive line they did not look good on the defensive line either meaning maryland i expect minnesota to control that part of the game i do expect minnesota to win i just don't like that 20 point spread okay um i've got minnesota 42 maryland 27 so i got over at 69 (laughs) but i got a maryland cover here with the 20 points Simply because I don't think Minnesota is going to score enough points to cover that 20. Would love it at 21 and a half, but I'll See, take 20. And we don't know for sure if the punter and kicker are going to be out. We don't. But I'm just assuming they are until they aren't. I That's way too many points for me. Okay. I mean, I just when you're putting yourself in horrible field position every time, so but that you, but that could put Maryland in good field position to put points on the to board. put points on the board. But how many points do we think they can really put on the board, even with a with good field position? I've got a much lower scoring game. I've got Gophers thirty one, Maryland ter- Terps twenty. Okay, thirty one to twenty with Maryland covering that twenty point spread. So you have got I've got the under, under, and I've got the over. We both have Maryland covered. Okay, that moves us on to two early games. First up, the 0-1 Michigan State Spartans at the uh, 1-0 number 13 Michigan Wolverines. 11 o'clock a.m. game on Fox Line Michigan by 24 and a half. Over-under is 52. Battle for the Paul Bunyan Trophy. Looked it up. The weather looks gorgeous in Ann Arbor. Yeah, in fact, for all the rest of these games, it looks like great weather across the conference. All right, so in this game, we saw Rocky Lombardi under a little bit of pressure from the Rutgers defense, right? When he was under pressure, not so good. I will say this about Rocky. It it was feast or famine. There was some feasting parts. No, he had some some moments. He also had a lot of bad moments with miscommunication with his wide receivers. This is going to be a great Michigan defensive line. We saw that against the Gophers. But yet a great... Michigan D-line, I would even say front seven. I think it's fair to say just top to bottom. Right. But boy, Minnesota, put some points up on them. 
Yeah, I guess they did. Well, Imrahim didn't have a hard time running the ball very often. So, by the way, got a DM from a from a Gopher fan. Okay. We keep saying Ibrahim. Yes. It's Ibrahim. Ibrahim. Sorry. I don't like that, though. I like Ibrahim. <laughs> you know what? You go what you want. I'm going to try to say Ibrahim. I'm going to try to remember Mo Ibrahim. Ibrahim. Yeah. Mo okay. Ibrahim. So, um, yeah, okay. This, to me, is the first game that screams week one overreaction to me, okay? Yeah. Um, you, you can't just throw out the rivalry aspect, okay? I, that's Good still, point. I know the crowds aren't there, but the angst and desire to to beat your rival, I feel like, is still very much and there for these teams. There's a lot of bad blood between these teams over yes. the last few years. Yes. I mean, they, there's definitely hatred there. I it, I feel hatred here. Yes. Yes. Um, so that's going to factor in for me. Um, did Joe Milton look great last week? Yes, undoubtedly he looks great. D- yeah. Does Joe Milton look like, ooh, a little bit of a, a pause there? Did no, he look? looked good. Okay, but not great? Yeah, I don't know about great. Okay. But that's kind of where I'm going is he, he was spreading the ball around. He great. was doing that. It, it it seems obvious to me that he's the man. Like right. he's the leader on offense. I think he is definitely a step up over what they've had for quarterbacks. The he last looked couple like of years. It. Okay. I will say this for Michigan overall offensively. It looked different. It looked more explosive. It looked more dynamic, exciting. Agree. And, you know, you got to give Gaddis a little bit of credit here, right? This is now his second year. As the offensive coordinator, maybe there is some osmosis that's going on with the playbook, with the players, Joe Milton growing into the role. Um, I think we're going to need to see more out of Joe Milton here, a little bit more, not a lot more, to to be able to, certainly to be able to cover 24 and a half points. Um, the other thing is, will Sparty take a page out of the D'Antonio playbook, try to drag Michigan into the phone booth, phone booth, and bloody them up a little bit. I don't, I don't think they want to get into a scoring contest here. Is that fair to say? Yep, I, definitely. Yeah, for okay. sure. Okay, they I feel like all the pressures on Michigan here. Probably true. Yeah. Anything else I'm saying here? That's yeah. Not really. Um, I, I guess what I'm saying is there's a ton of intangibles that actually I think line up pretty good for Sparty. It's just that I. I don't, I don't know what I saw out of Michigan State in that game. There, there were flashes of good stuff. There wasn't. Let's not forget the nine times that they turned the ball over. That's so. That's not going to happen again, right? <laughs> you, you sure hope not. Um, this scored a, a, a very high. The the loss last week scored a very high number in the John L. Smith misery index. I tried to fight against that a little bit. But the general, because th- I, where is the misery index right now? Do we know? <laughs> I, I think it's at a 10, 10 out of 10. It was right at a 10. Or, it was either that or 9.5. Pretty very, that's very a high. little excessive. That, that's what I thought too. So, I mean, so it's Dougie, Rutgers- we're tr- I'm, I'm trying to talk you off the ledge specifically here. Doug. Now, one thing he did say that I did understand, he's like, did you watch that game? We turned the ball over nine times, but that's what I, but, I but he had a point of a like, do you know how, do you know how painful it is to watch your team turn it over sure. nine times? So that I get, but I did. I, I think you're going to go right where I was going. Like, you turned the ball over nine times, and you, it, it was still a game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, you still, yes, it was. And you let's say you turn it over five times. <laughs> you probably win the game, right? That's a thing to me. Yeah. I don't think you can just skip over that. So, And I'm, I'm going to say one more thing. Okay. Michigan State, just as a program, has a tremendous amount of pride. 
They're not going to roll over. I would think not. No. So, me, one of the quote unquote cringe when I say this, but one of the easier lines for me this week is this. So, I got Michigan 31. Michigan State 13. That's a comfortable Michigan hmm. win, but still a pretty big cover when you're going against that 24 and a half point spread. And that totals to 44 points. So that's a full touchdown, a little bit more under the 52. Okay. I'm I'm not far away from you. I've got 38 to 17 Michigan. Okay. So I've got Michigan State covering that 24 and a half just by a, a couple points there, three, three and a half points. And I've got the the over You're going with a little 55 bit over. points. I'm yeah. a touchdown under. You're a touchdown over. Yep. Wow. Okay. All right. Second 11 o'clock a.m. game, the 1-0 Purdue Boilermakers at the 0-1 Illinois Fighting Illini. This is on Big Ten Network line. Boilermakers by 7.5 over under 59. We got some gorgeous weather in beautiful Champaign, Illinois for Saturday morning. We sure do. And we've got a big question mark as to whether or not Rondell Moore will be playing. I don't think he's going to play. I don't think he's going to play this weekend. And I'm having a lot of doubt that he's going to play the rest of the calendar year. I do too. I just don't. I think they're just using him as a decoy right now. That's the general theory that we've seemed to have thrown. But why would he opt back in then? I don't know. It's odd. It's a situation. Maybe it was a, hey, can you just opt in for optics from maybe Jeff Brom's point of view? And, you know, maybe the the feeling will hit you to join back with the team yeah. at some point. Hmm, I mean, I would take every shot I possibly could if I was Jeff Brom or any coach in this position to try to keep my dude around to just maybe see if I could coax him back on the team. Now, I don't that, like trying to coax my best player back on the team, by the way. Yeah, but doesn't that bring up questions for the NFL? Like, what were you doing there? What, yeah. what was that all about? But then they'll just put on the film of him shaking people loose, and they won't care. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. Just play the, the Ohio State game, game so, in the loop. Um, I expect this to be a good game. I, I There is nothing that I see across the board that looks like a gigantic advantage for either team. Well, the only thing that I would maybe say – is special teams for Illinois? Like, I think yeah. there's a chance for Illinois to get an advantage there. I think there's one big advantage okay. for Purdue, okay. and that's the fact that they're a passing team. We know that. They're going to throw the ball all over the field, and Illinois has no nobody that can rush the passer on that team. Yeah, the big question I have here is can, can Illinois do a better job of, A, getting to Aiden McConnell, and B, getting to the the receiver wearing number three for Purdue. Find number three on the field. Right. So they're going to have to shade to him, which is going to open up a lot of other possibilities. I just don't have Obviously a whole we're lot talking of, about David Bell. David Bell, yeah. I just don't have a whole lot of faith that they can do that. Their, their run defense was solid, and I think it'll be solid again. But without getting in a quarterback's face, uh, sorry, he's just going to throw all over him, I think. Okay. Um, as far as... I don't think we're completely far off, like, as far as, quote-unquote, throwing all over Illinois. Do you think it'll get 300 I, I, yards? I think it's going to be close to it. But I, think, I don't I think it'll get 300. I, I don't, I'll, I'll take – should we set the over under at 300? Yes. I'll take the under. Okay, I'm going to go over there. Okay. Um, the other side of the ball is I still believe what I saw was that a, a – a just okay Purdue front seven. I mean, nothing against George Karloftis. The guy is an absolute beast. I think he's a beast against the run and the pass. He's he is. one dude. Um, I saw a, a lot of open lanes for the Iowa rushing attack in that game. I I saw Illinois 
doing a pretty good job running the ball at times versus Wisconsin. That's last a good point. Week. And let's not forget last year when the weather was horrible, when the, your only choice was to power run game, and they ran it right down Purdue's throat. And there's not enough. Not enough improvement that I've seen on the Purdue defense to say that Illinois. I'm not saying Illinois is going to rack up 300 yards rushing or anything like that, but I I see enough success there. Um, if by chance Purdue turns the ball over, now we are really even things up, if not taking advantage for Illinois. Hmm. Long story short, turnovers and special teams are going to determine this game. That much I know. Hmm. And when I don't know who's going to win that battle, because nobody knows who's ever going to win that battle, I'm going to take the points. So this is an odd game to me because I feel better about the spread with taking Illinois than I do picking the actual winner of the football contest. Usually it's a lot easier to pick the winner than it is the spread. This one, this one's yeah. in a different category. For That's me. interesting. So when I did all my off-season, or I should say preseason predictions for Illinois, what I tried to do, is I tried to remove my fandom because I saw this team that was so experienced that that had been in the system for years that should, like if, if they had any other name on their chest, I would say this is going to be a pretty good team. I, I'm done with that. I'm letting my fandom back in, which okay. is why I can't imagine them winning this game, first of all. So, so in most people's fandoms being brought in, the pride comes in yep. with, with you. The hurt comes. Yes, because usually, usually preseason, I'll make a kind of a prediction, but then I'll have my my Illini coefficient that I add in, <laughs> yeah. and that takes it, it knocks a couple of wins off there. Okay. So I'm just gonna, I'm I'm going with my true fandom gut feel right now, and I'm gonna say Purdue not only wins but Purdue covers. I'm going 34-21 Purdue with the under. Wow. Okay. Um, I've got Purdue 31, Illinois 28. So. Quite a bit closer game, so I'm taking Illinois in the points. Crazy thing is, I I swear I came up with that number in my head. What's the total? 59, which is I'm calling a push for push. the over-under. Sure. But it is what it is. I'm going to keep well, it there. it pushed last week for Illinois. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Maybe two in a row. Yep. That would be a trend if that happens. All right, so we got three afternoon. Whoops! We've got two afternoon games. First up, the 1-0, number 17, Congrats on being ranked. How about Indiana. it? Yeah. Congrats on being ranked, Hoosiers. All right. One and oh, number 17 ranked Indiana Hoosiers at the one and oh, Rutgers Scarlet Knights. The battle of the unbeaten. Yes. Baby. 2.30 p.m. This is on Big Ten Network. Hoosiers by 10. The over under 52.5. Looked it up. We got another bit of gorgeous weather in Piscataway. Yep. So what do you think? My biggest question mark in this game is the potential hangover for the Indiana Hoosiers. After winning that huge game, emotional game, are they going to be up to play the traditional bottom dweller in the Eastern Division? Yeah. Yeah, this is this screams hangover game more than maybe anything. Yeah. yeah you can, like th This is the epitome of hangover game. Because, because a hangover game needs two things. A gigantic mon monumentous win for yep. a program, followed by a team that you should beat yes. that gets you. So like this has got, this is it. This is like 9.9 .9 out of 10. And I wouldn't even say just a regular monumental win. I mean, this is something they've been huge working for, working for. Yep. They could never get over the hump. They get close. Don't win those games. And they finally did. I mean, this it's to me, there's gotta be a more strong word than monumental. Yeah. Um, huge win, huge win, huge win last week for Rutgers. 
And yeah, I that's would, a good point. And I would say if they won this week, it would be it would move from huge to huge if yes. they won this game. Rutgers start out two and zero, which by the way, when you're only a ten point dog, Vegas does not believe that's the craziest thing can happen. Correct. There is a plausible chance that Rutgers would be two and zero. I believe their season over under was set at one point five. Think about that. Yeah, it was one. Was it, was it 1.5, though? I think so, yeah. Or so was they it 0.5? No, it was 1.5. Is it 1.5? No yeah. So they could hit their season over-under on week two. Boy, wouldn't that be great for the Scarlet Knights? Um, So something that um could could help the Scarlet Knights out, okay? Um, In the Indiana Hoosier decision, the great off-season decision of 2019 and 20, I believe the Northwestern... Wildcats worked out better in the Northwestern quarterback situation, meaning I, I like Penix Jr. Okay. This oh, isn't a sure. This isn't a a crazy take against Penix Jr. But anything that you saw versus Penn State that really reeked confidence. No, he looked he looked bad. I mean, there's no doubt he's got a great arm, but he did not have a good game. Like basically what he did well in that game was running the ball in a two-minute drill. Yes. Everything else was now, bad. we have to give a gigantic assist in that situation the to Penn the Penn State, State yeah. defense, which we're not going up against here with Indiana. However, I don't, think that's... I don't think Indiana's defense looked bad versus Penn State. And if I'm a Penn State fan right now, I sure am hoping that Indiana does wind up having a good defense because th- they did a good job. Oh, I, like, I thought they was, looked very good Yeah, I, I mean, I thought there was a lot of stalemates with uh, Indiana's front seven with Penn State's offensive line right Absolutely. Okay. The, the Indiana defensive line, I thought, stood toe-to-toe with the Penn State offensive line and maybe at times looked better than them. Okay. So there's a lot of unknowns here. Um, I my, my guess would be the best thing to take the money on would be the first half line mm. and whatever you can get for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. With Cause that, because you're, you're basically looking at two maybe sluggish teams coming out. Sluggish teams coming out, maybe even a skosh more sluggish with the Hoosiers. But in the end, Tommy Allen does not want to see that win and the ranking they have disappear after one week. Okay, so I like Indiana to win this game. I'm I'm gonna wind up taking them in a late cover mm. that they would get okay. over. So I got twenty-seven to fourteen. Indiana over Rutgers, that's quite a bit under the uh, over-under, yeah. and I got a, a very slight Hoosiers cover. Okay, so I was drinking the Scarlet Kool-Aid this offseason a little bit, don't you think? You were. I was talking pretty highly about my Scarlet Knights. And then they come out and beat Sparty. And here, I'm going to take a sip of water, H2O. No, this is my orange. This is my uh, my oh, red Kool Aid. This is my good. Scarlet Kool Aid right here. I'm gotcha. t- take another sip of the Rutgers Kool Aid. I do like Rutgers, but I don't like them enough to pick them to win this game. But I do like them to cover. I'm going 27-20, uh, Indiana to win the game. Um, Rutgers plus the points, and I'm, of course that's the under. So that's 47 total points. The total being 52 and a half. So I'm going with the under. All right, our second afternoon game, the Owen, uh, excuse me, one and O Northwestern Wildcats at the O and one Iowa Hawkeyes, two thirty p.m. game. This is on ESPN. Line Hawks by two and a half points. 
over under the lowest on the uh, uh, sheet this week, of course, at 46 and a half. Overall, a good weather day. However, very windy. Specs to be very uh-huh. windy mm-hmm. in Iowa City. Well, we got to see the Northwestern Wildcats last year. The the team that I wondered, was a functional quarterback going to fix this? And boy, it sure looked like it fixed it. Now, it was against the Maryland Terrapins. That's the th- This is where the overreaction comes in, right? I feel there's a lot of overreaction situations here that are playing into this game. Oh, yeah. my gosh. But I was watching Peyton Ramsey thinking, what would Illinois be like if you just put him on the Illinois team? I mean, I think there's fair enough to say there's a lot of teams in the Big Ten that would wonder what they would look like if they were the ones that got Peyton Ramsey as a free agent. I mean, he looked fantastic. Fantastic might be putting it out there a bit, but he looked so efficient. efficient. Yes. Efficient is the word. The and he's running a leader. Game. He's confident. He's I, I think moxie. he's bought. I think he's bought brought swag to the uh, to the Northwestern offense. I mean, like I said. They just look like the the Northwestern offense, I'm saying. They just look like they were having a blast on Saturday night. And think about how awful they were last year. And two years ago, too, when they won the West, they were still an awful offense. And that's why they were having so much fun, you know? It's like, I don't know, like dragging me to a two-year-old's birthday party. And then all of a sudden you get there and like the kids and the moms are in a different spot and the guys are downstairs actually playing pool. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm having a blast. I didn't I didn't expect to have this much fun when sure. I came over here. Yeah, that's what it felt like by Northwestern fans. Yep. Now, the funny thing is some of the responses I've seen out of Northwestern fans, which I totally get very happy, of course, for how the offense looked on Saturday night. Also upset that they couldn't have seen an offense like this for the past how many years when sure. they screamed at Fitzy to make changes to the offense. Yeah, I mean, it's been like five years they've been calling for right. it, and they finally got it. And, you know, again, one game, but Mike Bajakian looks like he's done wonders with this offense. Now, Iowa... But, you know, but and I know you already said it, but Maryland. Okay, like... It is Maryland, yes. Like, even though it's, it's insane how many yards Northwestern was able to rack up. I mean, over 500 yards. They had the most yards in the Big Ten last week. Put your hand up in the air if you thought the Northwestern Wildcats were going to top out the Big Ten for most yards in week one. But the the short field turnovers that that Maryland hand-delivered them, the just, I mean, just, just complete lack of tackling and getting off block effort by the Terrapins. Oh, the effort was just pathetic at times on defense. It was bad, but... Anyways, Again, I mentioned it before, but that Drake Anderson where he's weaving back around. and forth, like, what are... What? I've never even... Like, it was an odd-looking play because you just don't typically see... No. Yeah, there's got to <laughs> be somebody... It was tech Yeah. You, it was like when you just run up and down yep. with Bo Jackson. With the little... The beehive <laughs> of players around him, right? It's kind of what... It's exactly what it looked like. But oh, Iowa, yeah. we know, has struggled with Northwestern at times, right? Could I just say... A lot of teams have struggled with Northwestern. All right, that's right? fair. That's Minis- fair. Uh, uh, Minnesota struggled. Nebraska struggled. We know Illinois struggled. Yeah. Heck, who's beaten who's beaten Wisconsin more in the last five years than Northwestern? Nobody. Yeah. They've beaten them twice. It's insane. Well, that's why. And again, overreaction. I feel like Fitzy pulled that magic wand out of his arse. I, I, I I'm getting that feeling. Yeah. I know it's just Maryland, but I, I saw a totally different team. I'm getting. A feeling. I do too. You, I feel it too. I you, mean, to me. This is like, can Iowa's running game, which looked very good versus Purdue last week, do I expect it to look as good this week against Northwestern? No. Obviously not. Not against that good defensive line and phenomenal linebackers. Yes. I don't I don't see that happening. So 
the only way that Iowa, like assuming that we're not going to have crazy amounts of turnovers in this game, because there typically isn't in an Iowa Northwestern game. This is typically a, you know, keep it close to the vest clean game. If there is a gigantic advantage one way or the other for turnovers, there's your there's your reason for a winner and a loser good, in that game. Good so point. I'm, I'm assuming that's not going to be the case here. I'm assuming Iowa is going to get their friggin' penalties under control as compared to last week. I'm putting the over under for total penalties in the game at seven and a half. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good. That was good. I mean, both, both teams combined. Yeah, right. Um, um, so what I believe would be the best advantage, the biggest advantage for Iowa is getting their athletes on the perimeter, which is crazy to say, but Iowa does have athletes do. on the perimeter. They do. To get past what I still believe is just an okay Northwestern secondary. Very well coached. They're going to be in the right spot. Yep. But I actually saw Maryland receivers running past Northwestern. It was just that Tulia could not hit them mm. and, and just, you know. So I that would be the advantage. But there's two things working against that. Number one, Iowa just doesn't do that. They don't. They 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 just they don't put they don't put the you know pedal to the metal in the passing game sure. to take advantage even when they have the advantage in when a passing he, game then and I was already prepared to say that and then I looked at the forecast uh-huh. just you know earlier today and see that it's supposed to be windy so that's not going to help the passing game either and Petrus at times looked shaky he was his, no his accuracy it. was not consistent in that game and we don't know by the way if Northwestern is going to have Greg Newsom out at cornerback or yep. not he's it was out last week. He could be back this week. We don't know. But I'm going to go with my gut overreaction. This is also part Illini fandom. I'm going with Northwestern in the upset here, 21 to 17. So obviously covering that two and a half point spread, but I'm going with the under 46 and a half. I've got Northwestern 23, Iowa 21. Ooh. So I've got Northwestern covering the two and a half. Taking the outright win, slight under. I mean, even with a total of 44, that's only two and a half points in the under. I don't know what else to say other than maybe my fandom is in here where yep. I'm trying to reverse psychology this thing. Yep. But I always said when I'd record this podcast that I'm going to say what I think, and that's what I think. Yes, sir. All right, so that's your that's your pick of the week so far, Northwestern in the upset here. Yeah, I mean, is it the Biggest, you know, craziness? No, I mean, there's going to no. be a lot of people that are going to pick Good Northwestern point. to win that game at two and a half points. That's just that's just not that much. All right, so that gets us to the... The 1-0, and number three ranked Ohio State Buckeyes going into Happy Valley to take on the 0-1, still ranked at number 18, Penn State Nittany Lions. This is a 6.30 p.m. game. On ABC, it is the game day game of the week on ABC. Line, Buckeyes by 12, over under 63 and a half. We have got gorgeous weather in Happy Valley. Yeah, so first of all, we got a couple injuries for Penn State. We got Noah Kane. we know the running back is out now, out for the season, it looks like. And, of course, linebacker Jesse Lucetta will be out suspended for the first half because of targeting in the Indiana game. So keep that in mind. And also no whiteout. You know, this would normally be the whiteout game. No fans equals no whiteout. Yep. So this could be, I mean, there's been a ton, but there is no bigger difference so far this year. And my guess for the rest of the big 10 season of what an environment should look like 
yeah. between what it's going to look like. Absolutely. This Saturday. It's sad. It's absolutely sad. I mean, I think in the entire conference, the best atmosphere is the whiteout at night in Happy Valley. Never been there myself. Some of my Hawkeye friends have been there for a whiteout. They said it's absolutely incredible. And, and I mean, we're being robbed of it. I mean, as Big Ten fans, even more so, Penn State fans are being robbed of it. I think it's fair to say Ohio State fans are being robbed of it. But, you know, ultimately, even on top of all that, the Penn State fans that had tickets to this game. Sure. Shout out to you. That sucks. Oh, it's awful. You were looking forward to this game. So, I mean, think about how different this looks from whatever, five, six months ago. You thought you were going to Penn State yes. whiteout versus Ohio State where both teams were going to be 1-0. and Yep. What do you got? An 0-1 Penn State team with no fans allowed in the stands. Yeah, so I, I'm wondering, is Penn State going to come out flat? Because they did have aspirations of going to the playoff this year. Those were maybe not ruined in week one, but it's looking much more grim than it did before. So... Do they just say, well, you know, we got all these guys out. We got opt-outs. We got injuries. Do they roll over? I don't think they're going to roll over, but I just think there's a lot of things going against Penn State in this game. Yeah, rolling over, definitely not in my mindset. Um, you know, the crazy thing is, is I think there's a fair amount of Penn State fans that predicted this. They their team would be 1-1 one one after week two. Sure. Now, the funny thing is they could be one and one yeah. after week two, but actually have a better view ultimately. Like it's a good point. Like my my brother famously always says winning is the ultimate deodorant. As as crushing as that Indiana defeat was, should they win this game, it's gone. I mean, then you can explain away the Indiana loss sure. at that point. You could march towards whatever you wanted to do at the beginning of the year and still get it done. At the very least, a Big Ten championship and a very high-ranking bowl. But I, I think even the college football playoff would be available if they if sure. they just went off without the that's, after this game. That's a good point. So, yeah. that's So they do have a lot to play for here. If you beat Ohio State head-to-head, -head, you're in the driver's seat now. 100%. And if you win the conference, you're going to the playoff. I would think so. I mean, I think they would have to win the conference at 8-1 and one or 7-1 and one if they get a team a game you know, cancel, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think it's still on the table. I guarantee that's what James Franklin is saying to his team. The sure. battled James Franklin is saying to his team. So what am I looking at in this game? Um, so we weren't overly impressed with Ohio state's rushing attack versus Nebraska. No, fair to say. that's fair to say. And I wasn't overly impressed with their defense initially, but they dialed in. They got adjustments yes. in, in that game. Um, so starting out with when Ohio State has the ball, it is hard for me to believe any defensive coordinator in the country, not just this conference, can dial up a plan to stop Justin Fields. No. Don't think it's possible. You, he's like TJ Rubley. You can't stop him. You can only <laughs> hope to contain him. Okay, fair, fair enough. So so Justin Fields is going to get his. You know, There's yeah. going to be, with the weather being nice, I, I think it's fair to say that the Penn State secondary – although it looked way better in week one versus sure. a good Indiana passing yeah. attack. Good good quarterback, good receivers. Does Penn State have a rush, uh, um, uh, a pass rush? Oh, yeah. Okay. Shaka Tony, baby. So Pin the I, ears back. Go. So my take on this is if Justin Fields and those amazing receivers still go off for 300 and some yards and three, four touchdowns in the passing game, ain't nobody slowing 
this passing attack down the rest of the year. I ain't just talking the conference. I am, I'm talking nobody's going to stop them. The only team that I think in this conference that could really stop that passing attack would would be Penn State or even slow it down. See, I mean, Fair I, to say? I, I agree with you, which is okay. why I was surprised to see the 63 and a half point total. Yeah, me too. That um, jumped out to me. Yeah, we will we will get there. Um then on the other side, yeah. So we really do have a strength versus strength, Ohio State's offense, Penn State's defense, and then week yep. versus week, uh Ohio State's defense versus Penn State's offense. Okay. Now, I say that and I saw you shrug cuz I I don't I don't really mean week. I mean week weaker compared to the yeah, other side. Yeah, but which of the ball. one do you think is stronger? Depends the Ohio State D or the Penn State O. I, I think Ohio State defense. You think so? Oh, I have much much more confidence in them. Yeah, I, I mean, again, know. I can't. I, like, I, 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 if if you put a gun in my head, I would say Ohio State defense, but we're talking slight, slight lean here. I'm okay. I've been saying, when is Sean Clifford gonna really show me he's a great quarterback? He hasn't shown me that yet. Uh, I would say he shows his greatness at times. When is he consistently going to do it? Still waiting on that. I, I love when he uses his legs. I just don't. I don't trust him dropping back and and moving the ball down the field consistently through the air. For 30 passing attempts, neither do I. There are passing attempts that he makes where I'm even kind of shocked at his arm strength. It's yeah. good. It is. His accuracy at times is incredible. Is, yeah. And then all of a sudden, neither apply on yep. a throw. It's crazy. And we still haven't seen what I think we should be seeing from the wide receivers at Penn State. No. that's. I mean, I, I would say that he, and because of that, he locked in on Pat Fryermuth a lot. Yeah. By the way, Pat Fryermuth still a stud. Oh my gosh. He is absolutely incredible. They call him Baby Gronk. Right now, or at least by the time he's six games into his his NFL career, he's gonna be better than Gronk. Six games in to the current Gronk. To the current Gronk. Current sure. Gronk. Dude, no. step slow. No. He, yeah. He's he's a blocking tight end right now. He just doesn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Which is ironic because he lost so much weight. I know. You know? Yeah. He should get back to his drinking and partying days or whatever because he just don't look right. Anyway, so one more thing, though. I also I was a little disappointed in the Penn State offensive line, too. I was, too. And and then, again, that turns it back on. Now, you know, with that being said, Penn State had well over 200 yards rushing in that game. It wasn't okay. like it was like there That's wasn't point, yeah. holes to be had there. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. I would think the offensive game plan by Penn State would be to test their offensive line and that running attack because, again, Nebraska had over 200 yards rushing. It's a completely different style of rushing attack. Right. Don't get me wrong, but that's that's the avenue right there mm-hmm. to me. I, that It would be interesting to see. Okay. Well, I still, I still think there's just not enough things going in Penn State's favor here. So I do like, like Ohio State to win. I do like them to cover just barely. I, I like Ohio State 33 to 20. And I really like the under on this one. Very much like the under, too. Um, I have uh, the under at total at 51. So that's 12 and a half points under the over under. Um, I've got a slight Penn State cover because I'm I have to make a I have to make a call here because it's a hook. <laughs> so I've got sure. Ohio State 31, Penn State 20 as my final score. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Love that there's a Friday night game. It's awesome. Great way to roll into the weekend, right? Yep. Um, sad that we got one game taken away. I will say this, though. If you had to have a time slot 
for there to be oh, yeah. a game taken away. It was in the afternoon when we had three games to toggle. So now we've got Friday night, two to toggle during the morning, yep. two to toggle in the afternoon, and then we just focus in on Ohio State, Penn State at night. My first Could thought, be worse. My first thought when the game was canceled, I, I looked at the schedule to see when it was. And I was happy to see it was a 2.30 slot. Correct. Because it's really hard to keep up three games. Almost impossible. But And selfishly, I love having the Friday night game because I can just focus in on that game, yes. nothing else, and then watching two games at noon, two games in the afternoon, and then one at night tomorrow or on Saturday is going to be awesome. Perfect. Perfect lineup. I Couldn't think what we're saying is we're looking forward to watching some Big Ten football this weekend. Yes, sir. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon.